I'm hot for teacher. We thought we were done. We thought we were finished. We thought we would never talk about a movie minute by minute again. But we were wrong. Join us as we get to know the cast next door. Hello and welcome to the cast next door where we enjoy eating your mama's biscuits. Uh, I am your host slash editor slash producer slash other person, Darren, and this is Minute 45. And with me today, I have two returning guests, returning from minutes one to four, the debut episodes of this podcast, uh, is Nick Healy. Hello, Nick. Hello, how you doing? And with me, uh, a more recent guest uh, from minutes 33 to 36, it's John Cook. Hello. Hello. And um, fellas, we are in the middle of a reconciliation here. Uh, Garrett, realizing that after years of punching way above his weight, um, he is nothing more than a bland bread person. He's decided he's going to go back to <laughs> the most beautiful woman he's ever seen in the world. And he's attempting to get back into the the master bedroom. Oh, yeah. Um, I think they've been on a date was the previous minute or they've certainly been out together. Garrett's had a lot to drink is the main theme. And he's saying we've got to have a clean slate. Uh, and Claire is like, you know, she's got to get her head straight. She's not ready to jump back in. And Garrett's like, all right, all right. You know, no guarantees. He knows And then place. he realizes, yeah, he realizes he's too drunk. And he's like, can I crash on the couch? And Claire, who in previous minutes has slept on the couch herself, um, realizes, you know, there's no harm in someone sleeping on your couch. Nope. Uh, they have an awkward kiss. And... And then Garrett watches Claire go upstairs and then he takes off his coat. And, you know, that's not very exciting. No, it's not. No, uh, but then we get a, a very quick bit of Noah who is in his bedroom. I think it's his bedroom. I don't know actually because he's looking out to the street. Uh, but in previous minutes, his bedroom looked directly across to Claire's bedroom. So, and I don't know, I mean, like, there's a mirror in there, which obviously we've seen in previous minutes where he got undressed and admired himself. So, I mean, I'm not sure exactly what direction he's looking out in, but he sees on the street that Garrett's uh, gigantic metal penis midlife crisis <laughs> is parked out there. And he knows that Garrett is, is staying over, basically. That's the indication. And we get a very brief flashback to the beginning of the sex scene from like minute 23 and then we finish with noah just standing in front of the mirror admiring his fantastic abs hey if i had them if i had them i would be admiring <laughs> them too yeah yeah if you if i let's spread like this if i look like ryan guzman i would not own any clothes i would just be walking <laughs> around i would own i would own solely socks and shoes so i didn't hurt my feet and i would be walking around constantly looking at my naked self um so what is it to discuss in this minute i mean let's kind of tackle the the kind of first boring half um, uh, we have to uh, i mean we <laughs> i know nick that that is your refrain on practically every episode of every podcast you've been on it feels like it i mean if i mean <laughs> oh 
so he's let let's just start at the very beginning. He shows up, or they show up at the house rather, and he was not too. He didn't have too many drinks that he couldn't drive home. Uh, you know, I know, had, right? Probably had that one last shot at the end when they were leaving to wash down the Cialis to get it ready for when he got in the house. Uh, or maybe he's a Viagra man. I'm not really sure what his drug of choice is. And then You're the, not sure which brand of ED medication he takes. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's he's using the bathtubs like they do in the commercial. I don't you know, know what's I, going on. I think he's still viral enough. I think he can do it. Viral, 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 whatever the word is. I think. Uh, viral. Well, after, after going to San Francisco, he's probably plenty viral. He's probably viral, yeah. yeah. Um, I will say, I'll say this. Now, um, this is not something that I think I've discussed much with other people, but how old do you think Garrett is in comparison to Claire? Let's assume that Claire is the same age that, that J-Lo is in real life. So she's like 45. Yeah. Um, you know, the same as this minute that we're covering. So let's assume she's 45. Um, 72. You know, you think Garrett is 72? Uh, well, I mean, I'm not off. Not by much. I can't be. Look at him. I think I think he's late 40s, early 50s. I'm giving John Corbett some credit here. Uh, I have a soft spot you, for So you think, there's a, you think there's an age gap, but you're not... I mean, what size uh, yeah. age I gap? I mean, realistically, yeah, probably closer to what John was saying. Yeah, you know, late, late 40s, mid-50s. I'd say maybe three years years. Apart, three years apart. Two or three. Yeah. Because the thing is, they never tell us how these two got together. I know. Um... And given that Claire had, um, if we're saying she's about forty-five, you know, we're, you know, she had uh, the kid when she was, you know, late twenties. Um, I would like to think that that she maybe had a teaching career before she gave that up to have the kid, which see, kind of seems to be that would seem to be like, you know, she would have, um, you know, the, the kind of family structure they've got is it's Garrett's money. It's yep. not Claire's teaching money that he's paying for this house. This no, I mean, house. look at that car. That car is just like, <laughs> yeah. excuse me, do you know how much money I make? Here, let me show you my huge, gigantic metal penis. Yeah. And um, we find out in a, I, uh, you know, um, a few minutes earlier that they've been split up for like nine months. Is it, is it nine months? Yeah, yeah it, was that, about, it was about nine months, yeah. That that is what Kevin says during the dinner argument, which came after the minutes that you covered, John. Yeah. Um. You know, he says he he, he gets angry at his dad. He gets angry at Garrett, and he says, "You know, you've been missing a lot of stuff. Uh, you've been gone for nine months. Stuff happens. You know, like that kind of conversation." Um. So yeah, you know, like they, so they've been apart for nine months. Well, we know three of those weekends he was busy building a computer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, such a such a weird. I mean, this <laughs> film is known for having like weird touches, but yeah, that is a weird touch that he spent three weekends building a gaming computer. Which, by the way, we never ever see Kevin use. Oh yeah, throughout the whole film. Um, it's because he's too busy shooting guns and hanging out with his new best friend Noah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do we think Garrett's got a chance here? Because like he seems to be angling, like the whole drunk thing. I think he's playing it up. Oh yeah, um, definitely. If John Corbett is not a good enough actor to portray the idea that Garrett is a good actor, it seems like he's maybe playing up how drunk he is. I mean, even if he's had one drink, he should not be driving. Yeah. Who, um, you yeah. Know. Who drove? Did, did Jennifer Lopez drive? Um, I don't know actually because. I, I, I probably, but basically he's he's saying that he's had too much to drink. He seems to be acting a little extra drunk in an attempt to kind of justify staying over. Um, so you know, is his is his kind of short term plan the plan that he had for tonight 
to be back in that bedroom. I'm wondering about that mattress. I mean, yeah, he he's looking up at the stairs as Claire <laughs> walks up there, and maybe it's a really like one of those Tempur-Pedics, and you know, maybe he just he wants a comfy bed. I mean, if he gets laid, you know, let's take that too. But it's his bed too. It's his. Yeah, bed. I mean, he's longingly looking up the stairs, and I just, I mean, if you put percentages on it, you got to give some percentage to just being in a comfy bed rather than being on the couch. I like to think they have a sleep number, and he's still got his settings saved, and he's just thinking about that. That and Jennifer, uh, jo- Jennifer Lopez being Jennifer Lopez, of course. And uh, Yeah, and here's the thing. As Jennifer Lopez walks up the stairs, there is a shot where we catch her behind filling half of the frame. Yep. And that is no that is no comment on the size of her behind. That is merely a comment on how it is framed. Well, yep. it was also in her contract, I'm sure, that the booty had to get, you know, some billing. <laughs> Which is funny because this entire film is, like, very light on the booty. We have J-Lo in it. You would think at some point there would be something that emphasized that. But I feel this is, like, the only real shot where we actually kind of get any focus on it as Garrett kind of, like, stares at it, having in the previous minute grabbed it. I wouldn't be um, I wouldn't be surprised if that was legitimately in her contract that you cannot <laughs> you cannot emphasize her bottom her ample posterior so to speak. Uh, I mean, obviously there was a, there was a scene earlier on where she was trying on those awful shoes. The, the, she very like quickly stands with oh a, yeah like at a profile and you do see her behind, but it's in a, it's a wide shot and she's in the middle of the frame and it's not really it's like half a second it's not really emphasized. This is kind of like the one time where. Um, you know, John Corbett is staring at it as it goes up the stairs. He's, yeah, he's, they really are kind of. This is the the kind of the only time where they they really emphasize it. He's replaying uh, in he's, any way. He's replaying all those memories. <laughs> hey, he's thinking to himself, "This is a step up from Nia Vardalos. Yeah, <laughs> this is a step up from Joey Fatone. <laughs> this is a step up from I... Northern Exposure. <laughs> being in Alaska. This is definitely a step up from the moose that was walking through the town. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who was his love interest on on Northern Exposure? Oh God, I, he was like a radio DJ or something. Yeah, I, that sounds about right. I mean, I, I there must have been there must have been a woman it. in that cast though, mustn't there? Who was with him? Like, there's no way that they would have had John Corbett on that show for like. Four oh yeah, years definitely. In his youth, with his lustrous hair, and not had a female I, like love interest. For I, him. Th- I think he was just. He, I don't remember him being like a major. He was like a main character, but he was like a sort of a minor in that same way. He was just sort of filling the space being the poor man's jeff bridges so jeff bridges <laughs> from the fisher king yep there you go yeah <laughs> and it make and it makes sense too because like i think john corbett also plays like country music and stuff like that too he's a singer where he, he does music of some sort and it just it just screams oh my god this he wants to be jeff bridges although jeff bridges on in the fish king is just a talk radio shock yeah. talk, isn't he he's like um yeah He's Howard Stern, basically. If Howard Stern told someone to go shoot up a bar of yuppies, which I don't believe Howard Stern has ever done that. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, or if he does it now these days, he's on satellite radio, so it would be a, a kind of listener who had more money, so I don't think they'd want to go wasting their time <laughs> shooting up bars. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, I I think Garrett's plan, I mean, he kind of takes his coat off at the end and kind of reluctantly gets ready to, to sleep on the couch. Yeah. And I'm going to say this. I feel in their marriage, there have been a number of times where Garrett has had to sleep on the couch. Oh, yeah, definitely. Regardless of being separated for nine months. I get the feeling that, you know, he's well acquainted with that couch. Uh, Maybe that's just John Corbett putting across that kind of quiet resignation as he takes (laughs) his jacket off. It's Uh, it's such a defeating 
He, when he takes that jacket off, he's just, he just oozes defeat. Out of every pore. Yeah, that's that's the yeah. best way of putting Oozing it. That's, that's the best way of putting it. <laughs> um, so now we get what I'm going to call like kind of the triggering incident, which is this is the thing that sets Noah off in a couple of more minutes' time. I think minute 47 it is. It really lends itself to how psychotic he is. Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah. nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, realizing that Garrett is staying, like seeing Garrett's car there in like now in in the kind of you know midnight ish and then seeing it again in the morning and seeing them kiss on the doorstep this is what kind of flips noah for kind of the this this kind of second half of the film um and we kind of you know this is where things kind of get moody there's some kind of quick angles there's some cuts and of course we get a flashback to the sex scene um now i'm gonna say in terms of like uh, you know, erotic thrillers. Uh, this film is very low on the erotic. There is one sex scene um, where we get up close and personal. And there's another sex scene uh, coming up in about 10, 15 minutes time, which I'm not going to spoil who's in it. But let's say Noah is one of the people who takes part because he is. And let's say Kevin Kevin is not involved. Yeah. And that takes place like across. We're not up close and personal with that. We're watching a character watch a sex scene. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas, uh, you know, the, the erotic thrillers of the 90s, people would barely keep their clothes on for more oh, than definitely. one scene. Um, so kind of this flashback feels like a bit of a cheat because it's like, don't just show us a sex scene previously. You know, show us another sex scene. Oh, it's like if the room. It's going to be an erotic thriller. Like, it's like the room um, where they show the same sex scene twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, you know, I know why they're doing it because the next minute, which, you know, um, I'm going to be discussing with uh, Park and Josh. We're going to really get into this. Um, <laughs> but I just wanted to kind of bring it up here as kind of like, um, you know, up until now, Noah hasn't been that crazy. Apart from, you know, wanting to have sex with Jennifer Lopez, which is not a crazy thing. And being annoyed that she wants to leave so quickly the next morning, which, again, not that crazy. Um, you know, he's been relatively sane up to this point, and now this is the first kind of flash of him being completely crazy that we get. He should be. He should be celebrating this. this that's like a minor. And if I was in his position, I'd be like a minor victor. I'd be popping the champagne. I'd be. I'd be like, yeah, I did something I didn't think I was gonna do. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you know, uh, like, it's it's weird. It's weird actually because. What Noah um, is getting outraged at is the fact that a husband and wife might reconcile their marriage. <laughs> and that seems like entirely the wrong thing to get crazy about. Like, you know, I, obviously he has some anger about the fact that Garrett cheated on Claire. But to get angry that they're getting back together seems like... I mean, I guess that obviously is, that's why he's a crazy person, but... It just seems like that's the wrong thing for you to get mad about is a husband and wife reconciling. Well, How as, dare you um, take your vows seriously and try on men things? As a love, I'm sure as a lover of the classics, he was upset that love was winning the day and that love rules all. So it's just reminding him of all those old books that he's read that he's poured over and he's just like, Ugh. he's become he's become a trope, another cliche, if you will. Like if Garrett had any sense, he would have at the very least have perused some classic literature oh of course as a way of getting back into claire's good books like rather than just coming over and being like oh i'm super drunk and grabbing grabbing her behind and then kind of <laughs> that's to... my move okay that's my move <laughs> and it it, does, it works about as well as it worked for garrett uh drunk drunkenly grabbing your wife's behind obviously that's one way to go 
But he could have stayed a little more sober and he could have tried to talk, you know, say, oh, you know, I recently read this or like she's made it very clear by wearing those intelligent glasses and by teaching this class that she really likes people who read. And Garrett is not that person. He's a person who goes and makes computers and fishes. So, like, why didn't he at least like try Try doing something that she's interested in and talking to her about that interest rather than just grabbing her ass. This, like, it sort of throws me back to, like, Major League, where it's sort of the same dynamic with Tom Berenger's character and Rene Russo. She wants him to read. She's like, you never read Moby Dick. So he reads the comic book version of Moby Dick. And so I imagine John Corbett <laughs> sitting there reading the comic book version of the Iliad or something. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm being cultured. This is culture, right? <laughs> They say it's Cult- written by a Homer. I don't see yeah. anybody ho- named Homer. There are in no this. Simps- There are no Simpsons in this. Wait, what does Bart get wheeled out? Yeah. Oh, Garrett. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I think we've we've kind of realized that Garrett is not a very good husband, and I don't think he. Re- I don't think Claire should really be taking him back because he doesn't seem to have really made that much effort to change. Like, yeah. Um, even earlier, and I don't know. Did you, did this come up in your minutes, Nick? Where he was, he was proposed going to Mammoth Lakes. Yes, Mammoth Lakes yeah. is the. Uh, that was the minute when I th- actually I think that's the minute we did the uh, the reading on, where we actually yes. read read the text of the entire minute because it was that good slash bad. <laughs> yeah, and and it's funny because like during that he proposed like uh, he says that first he has to go to San Francisco and then he'll come back and they can go to Mammoth Lakes and I don't know why he bothered saying San Francisco I don't know why he just didn't say I'm going you know when she said where are you going on business I don't know why he just didn't lie uh, <laughs> yeah really <laughs> where are you but going on business why- why bring up the word San Francisco when you know the first thing that Claire is going to jump to is that's where your mistress lives? Just say any you're like you're in a gigantic state. Like California is massive. Say any other city. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, and don't say any of the other cities that start with San. Because that's yeah. just San. Yeah, that uh, just brings it up. There you go. No, don't, <laughs> don't give her a reason to to shut you out any more than she already has. Just he should have yeah. said he should just said he was going to Sacramento. Nothing's yeah. happening yeah. in Sacramento. That's a safe spot. Yeah. If I was going to lie yeah. about having an affair in California, I would say Sacramento. Don't say yeah. San Francisco and don't say Oakland. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And don't say no. any of the other sand cities. Oakland and, has and you'll be fine. Oakland has like a weird. I'd, I'd imagine if if he said Oakland, she would probably think he was involved in like some sort of shady deal. Not <laughs> not not to slight Oakland. I love Oakland, but. Oakland only ever brings up for me um, uh, McHammer um, because that was where he was from. Um, oh yes, the Irish rapper McHammer. <laughs> yeah, that that no, that was where he was from. Around, saying you can't touch it. MC Hammer was a ball boy for the Oakland A's, or like a bat boy. He would show up. The owner yeah. knew him. I wa- yeah. I watched a lot of behind the music in the nineties. <laughs> Every didn't episode. we all? Um, yeah, so, you know, just say any other city apart from San Francisco, Garrett. <laughs> like, this guy has no game whatsoever. You're married to Jennifer Lopez, which is way, way, way above what you should be married to. Um, even Nina Vardalis at this point is way out of your league. Yep. Um, so don't say San Francisco <laughs> when you're going on a business trip. Say just any to, other uh, city. Just to give credit to Park Parkinson, who you'll be recording the next minute with. He yeah. he dropped the the phrase "averagely Caucasian John Corbett." <laughs> that is the best descriptor of him still. 
Yeah, oh, that's awesome. I mean, it's like, so in his Caucasianness, he hasn't realized that he's bagged this Latina and she's completely out of his league. And you know, so he 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 should for to start off with, he should never have said the word San Francisco ever again. Um, even if he was in the city and she, he's on the phone and she says, "Where are you?" He should just lie. Um, but also at this point he should have at least read a book just read any book yeah you know and and just say i read this book and you know uh, give yourself more of an in to this person than just trying to grab her behind um which you know i will admit there is a lot of it but still that is not the way to get back together with jennifer lopez it will seem like a good move because of how much booty there is Mm -hmm. but (laughs) <laughs> be, be, wait, shit, bad, bad choice of words. However, there we go. That's much better. However, that's the key, the key to her heart is not through her ass, however nice it is. Yeah. And, um, and, and John Corbett or Garrett or maybe both. I, I'm, the, the lines get blurred between the two of them. Uh, it's just it's not going to work. Although maybe it was just John Corbett maybe ad-libbing a little bit thinking hey i'm 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 here i am i am kissing jennifer lopez i'm i'm yeah. gonna grab a slice why not yeah yeah showing some he's showing his it's range he's showing his range yeah. it's called improv thank you <laughs> he was yes yeah, he was yes ending her bottom <laughs> yeah that was the, that was the first and only take of that probably yeah <laughs> yeah i think we've kind of covered what's going on in this minute is there anything else that kind of stands out to you about minute 45 um n- nothing has stood out about minute 45 i know we just <laughs> talked about it but nothing has really stood out i i think there's some dueling there's like a weird dichotomy of this like this whole movie is like pretty much how not to treat a woman you have john corbett who's the lackadaisical jerk who takes he's obviously looking the gift horse right in the mouth the entire movie and then you've got Noah who is harping on this thing like a psychopath so to speak so and but um, in between you have Kevin who is a moron well who who thinks that Ali knows who he is but even when he met her at the beginning of the film she barely seems to know who this Kevin person was yeah, yeah. so and then you have he... Kristen Chenoweth just there for a paycheck <laughs> she, yeah she was great though I thought she was great I think most of us have all said, Kristen, we love Kristen Chenoweth. However, what the hell are you doing here? Your character is horrible. That we, seems I to be the character. thread. Oh, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful actress. She horrible character. Excellent. She was excellent. Also, in the in the case of um, Kristen Chenoweth's, uh, Vicky's boyfriend, Ethan, he doesn't realize he's in a relationship with this uncaring harpy who doesn't care about her, oh, his yeah. mother <laughs> and, and the well-being. Of, and basically seems to just be there for the money. I like literally his money. And that's like because I think in some cutscenes it's kind of it's um, shown that the that like the farm where she's living isn't hers. It's his. Uh, but I don't think I don't think the scenes really completely clarify that. But yeah, so. All the relationships in this film are lopsided in one manner or another. Um, and this minute kind of demonstrates that between Claire and Garrett, you know, Claire is the one going upstairs to the comfortable bed and Garrett is the one, you know, on the couch. So uh, that should be a lesson to uh, any any cheaters out there. The funny thing being, of course, that when Claire herself cheated on Garrett, she was the one who ended up on the couch. <laughs> well... <laughs> Noah went off to his own bed. I don't know where he was, but he yeah, just wasn't there. Yeah, where did he go? I don't know. That was again. I I think that's I know. as with a lot of things in this film. It's someone has 
come to a point and then they have to work backwards. So they're like, we want to, we want to see J Lo getting up and putting her knickers on. I think How he did, do we get I think he went down Maybe to he had everything. a race car bed or something, you know, no. something really embarrassing. <laughs> I think he went down I mean, to at his... the heart of it. He is only like a nineteen, almost twenty, nineteen-year-old boy. I think he went down to his evidence dungeon to edit some film. <laughs> yeah, no, no, actually, that's, no, that, that that's, would make sense. Actually, that's much more likely. Yeah, yeah. the race yeah, car that makes sense. bed is just a dream for me. I like, I like to think yeah. in the evidence dungeon, he has a race car bed in there. <laughs> that probably because in the next minute, as we will find out, he has a normal bed against <laughs> which he leans in pain whilst thinking about the pleasure he once had with the the woman who lives next door to him. Um, but that is for the next minute. So. Uh, guys, do you have anything to plug? Nick, I know you have something to plug. Uh, well, I'm on Twitter at Dr. Sexington, Dr. Sexington, and uh, <laughs> I have been doing a podcast called Fault Disney Movies. Uh, taking a little break right now. Uh, life is getting in the way, but I'm hoping to pick that up again soon. Great stuff. And John, do you have anything you wish to plug? I'll plug the theater group I work with. Uh, I work with this 24-hour theater group in Chicago called BYOT Productions. Anyone's welcome. Just go to our website, byotproductions.com. Sign up. Come have fun with us. We have a good time. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of The Cast Next Door, Minute 45. Obviously, I am going to be here all week. This is the start of my final week as a host um, for this particular section. There's a very strong chance I'll be back during the credits. Um, so thank you very much for listening. And thank you, Nick and John, for joining me. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to A Talking Cast Presents The Cast Next Door. I was your host, editor, producer, Darren, with my guests, John Cook and Nick Heath. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at First Ed Iliad, or download new episodes from thecastnextdoor.wordpress.com, or subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Artwork by Josh Hollis. The Boy Next Door is owned by Blumhouse, Smart Entertainment, New Oregon, and Universal Studios. No infringement is intended. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This is a first edition?